Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to wait a few more minutes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to wait just a few more minutes. In the meantime, um, you can turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus, the third chapter. We'll be working there tonight. Amen. Exodus, third chapter. Amen. Amen, amen. God, thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Exodus, third chapter. Amen. If you need to, get a piece of pen, a pencil, and a piece Lord, amen. Our scriptures tonight is coming from the book of Exodus, chapter 3. We'll just wait a few more minutes. Amen. Thank you, Trish. Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus, third chapter. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight for uh, the living word. We thank you, God, in advance for what you're going to do in our spirit, man. We thank you, God, that you kept us all day long and all night long, all year long, God. We thank you. And we give you glory. God, we thank you in advance. Hallelujah. God, wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, hold us in the palm of your hand. God, even in our sleep, God, protect us, God. Even in our dreams, protect us. And the Bible says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every word that rise up in judgment, we shall condemn it. And we thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus. Again, God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that cleanses us. The blood of Jesus that holds us. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Tonight we're going to deal with in the book of Exodus. Amen. Exodus. Third chapter. Amen. This particular book was written by Moses himself. Um, it is the second book in the Bible. Amen. And the children of Israel were in bondage. The children of Israel was in trouble because they had the Egyptians there to uh, beat them down and hurt them and to make them do a lot of hard work. They were the masters over them. Um, and because of that, the children of Israel was crying out to God in many situations. Amen. So God, Father, hide us behind the cross. Hide our, our spirit man's God. In the name of Jesus, hide our spirit man's God that we not see nothing but you. God, get on our spirit, man, God, that our lives shall be changed just by the living word. God, hide Glenda behind the cloth so that Glenda not be found but Jesus. That Glenda not be found any way, any form, any fashion but Jesus. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Our text starts again in the book of Exodus and the third chapter. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Moses himself was a adopted child. Moses was one of three children. Amen. And uh, the Egyptians now decided they were going to get rid of all of um, the babies. And so Moses' mother put her and put him into the river. But it was a destiny that we're calling because God allowed it that his mother would rear uh, uh, Moses in the king's house. 
with the daughter. And God has a plan for everyone's life. We might not know our destiny or our destination, but God has a plan for our lives. For in the book of um, um, Jeremiah 1, um, it says this. He says, I knew you from you were formed, and I knew you uh, before you were in your mother's womb, but yet I have a plan for you. So God knows us before we are formed in our mother's womb. And God knew that Moses would be put in the river and the queen, um, the king's daughter, would adopt him. And as Moses was grew, he was grown, he was grown up into the palace and he was taught, uh, sign languages and he was taught the art of war and he was taught about all these things in his life. Um, and as he grew up, he realized that the uh, the Egyptians who was in charge was taking advantage of um, God's people. And at one point he came along and he actually uh, killed one of um, the Egyptians. Uh, fast forward, by the time we get to the third chapter, now Moses had run away from Pharaoh and that army. And ended up in the backside uh, of the desert. And on the backside of the desert, he met Jephro, um, his now soon becoming um, father-in-law. Amen. So now we're going to go start at um, Exodus, third chapter. And now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, that was his father-in-law. His father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock uh, on the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Harob. Well, Harob was the mountain. And I searched the scriptures and I began to study today and I found out that particular mountain was somewhere in the present-day Saudi Arabia. Amen. And Jethro, again, was his father-in-law. Moses had gotten married, and this was his father-in-law. Verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Again, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, Moses, okay, in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. So you must understand by the law of gravity that what goes up must come down. Anything that burns should be consumed. It not, would not still be standing. And so Moses began to marvel at the fact that this particular bush itself would not uh, stop. Um, it would continue to burn, and he didn't understand what was going on. Um, he says, and the bush was not consumed. In other words, no matter how the bush was burning it, and he didn't say how long it was burning, but the fact that the bush itself was not killed, it was not destroyed, and Moses could not understand what was going on. By the time we get to the third verse, he says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burning. So Moses again, he was uh, up in the backside of the mountain. He was taking care of the flock of Jethro, and but he did not understand what was going on. So he said, "Well, look, look at here. I'm going to take another look because I don't understand what's going on. That it doesn't burn. It doesn't stop. I don't know. And this is unusual." Verse four says, "And when." The Lord saw that he turned aside to see. Amen. 
he that he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Here I am. Again, here is Moses in the backside of the, uh, of the mountain. Um, it, at that particular time, what happened was he was in charge of a whole bunch of animals, um, um, uh, shepherds, a sheep. And, and he looked around and he saw that this bush was not burning. And he began to say, well, what's going on? And God turned around and he said he saw him looking around or to turn around to see what was going on. And God called him, um, called him in the midst of the bush and said to him, here I am. Here I am. And number five, he says, and he, and he says, draw, draw now hither. Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for thy place where on thou stand is holy ground. Holy ground. It was a oriental um, tradition, even in the Bible days, that uh, even now today, a lot of the Japanese, the Koreans, um, they honor God by taking their shoes off uh, at the at the the door, the front door, when they walk into the door, because it's a sign of respect. Amen. Um, and so here Moses is having a uh, a conversation and recognizing that he needs to be in the presence of God. And we have to understand and believe that today in 2020, even though this scripture was written in the Bible years ago, that ourselves as believers, that we must understand that we have to learn to get into the uh, the place where we have to uh, go into the presence of God. Now, the presence not is a particular place, but I need to hear from God. I need to know that God is with me. I need to feel his spiritual presence in my life. I need to know that if I die tonight, where will I end up in eternity? And the only place that you can find this this particular area is being in the presence of God. Again, uh, Moses had been run away to the backside of the mountain. And in this place, while he was tending uh, sheep, he discovered that he needed to know where the presence of God was. Well, where is the presence? The presence of God is wherever God is. The presence of God is in a place where you are God, where you are with God, and God is with you. God is who he say he is. The presence, the presence, the presence that I need to know him and the resurrection power and the fellowship of his suffering. The presence of God is there where you can touch God and God can touch you. There are many places in the Bible where God has come down um, and uh, talked with his people. Um, whether it was with um, 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 uh, when God came down and wrestled with the angels. Uh, he said, I will not let you go lest I die. So here is Moses again in the backside of the mountain where he is seeking the place and the presence of God where we need 
to be. Amen. Your presence, your place, your place of knowing that I can contact God. Okay? Our bodies are formed, our outer man, the shell, the outer man, where you can touch and you can feel your 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 nature, your love, your hate, and your inner man where only you can go and where God can touch you. The presence of God is the pathway in which you find the presence of God. The presence of God is a place where, um, um, and, and no matter when our heart is bleeding or our hurt, our heart is feeling faint or when we don't understand, that's when we find God. Again, when you find the presence of God. Well, here Moses again in the backside of the mountain. He's gotten in trouble with the king. He's gotten in trouble uh, at a lot of things. And because of this, God led him away and to another place. But it's not, he didn't just go there to get away from the people, but he went to that place because he realized he needed to find out where he belonged. Well, he was, again, born or lived into the place of fanciness, and he lived in a place of kingship, and he, he was taught uh, battle uh, strategies. Um, uh, that's why the enemy doesn't want you to, to strategize about the things of God. Because when I strategize and I know and I pray and I fast and I seek the face of God, there's a strategy that the enemy doesn't want you to participate in. And that's why it's important to know and believe and find out your place and the presence of God. How can you find my place, preacher? Well, one of the ways you can find your place in God, amen, is reading your Bible, learning your scriptures, um, and building a relationship, having a prayer life, having a fasting life, having a place where you can just lay down and wait and know and whether God is actually speaking to you, not physically, but your inner man. Amen. Amen. Whether what you do according to the word of God, not what you feel, not what you think, what somebody says, but the Bible says, seek for those things that are, um, uh, seek, seek, seek. That word seek means look for God. Look for God in the presence of God. Look for God in your word. Look for God in your prayer life. Look for God in your fasting life. Look for God in how you treat people. Look for God, hallelujah, and your seeds you bear. Look for God because you're looking to live in and live in the presence and the power of God. Because when I get into the presence of God, there is his power. Power. In the presence of God, you find where God wants you to be. In the presence of God, there's no today, no tomorrow, but there's just now in the presence of God. Amen. The presence of God. Now, let me tell you what. There is a place in God when we pray and we seek his face. Because there's not times always you can find a preacher. Not all the time you can find your preacher. Not all times you can send, find somebody to pray with you. Um, that's why we must learn to move into the presence of God. Again, it is not a outward presence. But it's an inward presence. And when you get into the inward presence of God, the presence of God will, um, will make your life even easier, believe it or not. It doesn't mean it's easier all day long, 24 days a day, 306 days a week, because there are times that we will go through 
the Bible says that we will go through the valley and the shadow of death. So, yes, there will be times that we will um, go through the valley and the shadow of death. Amen. It's in number five again. He says, and he said, draw now thither. Put off thy sh- shoes from off thy feet. For the place where thou standest is on holy ground. Um, there are a lot of people that say that we can't be holy because um, we're human. But this word says this, that um, put off your shoes for there is holy ground. So Moses was standing on holy ground. And in that holy ground there was the presence of God. And the holy ground there was a presence and the holiness of God. It says, for evermore... He said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and of Moses. Hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So here is the Bible, lets you know, he says that Moses was so afraid of the presence and the glory and the spirit of God. He said his, he hid his face. So yes, we can experience the presence of God. And when we again uh, live in, breathe in, pray in the spirit of God, yes, we can live holy. Yes, we can Fast and pray. Because if God did it for Moses, surely he can do it for us. If God did it for Elijah and Elijah, okay, certainly he can show the presence of God in us. Here is Moses, again, on the back side of the mountain. And he saw this thing that he knew that it was not ordinary. Um... Uh, we have to realize that sometimes um, because of the the anointing on our life, because of the presence of our life, that the enemy will come after us, that the enemy will uh, try to make us see things that are not real or true, but God loves, sees, and knows us. He will equip us, and he will protect us, and he will guide us. This is why constantly around in the Bible, he'll say, I'm going to put, and actually the word says this, he says, uh, put me in remembrance of my word. And then he comes again and he'll say, for I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Joshua. I am the God of Jacob. Because he's reminding you the seeds from whence you come. Because once you have given your life to Christ, You are taking on a new nature. And in that new nature, amen, you have the capacity to send in on holy ground. And this is what he says further down. He says, for he says, hither, put off thy shoes for thy feet. Will let you stand in this place. And I'm going to call, live this thought for you. The presence of God. How can we stand in the presence of God? How we can. Because we have come into the bloodline of Jesus. That we come to the bloodline of Abraham. Abraham was they, they, he spoke and said, look up to the stars and see. 
and the many stars that you've seen in the galaxies, the stars, the hemispheres, the stratospheres, so much so look down at the ground and see the sand. Okay? We are walking in the 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 the, the land of Abraham. We are the seeds of Abraham. And because we can have walk in the seas of Abraham, we have the capacity to stand on holy ground. Now, he's not talking about spiritual, a physical ground, but a spiritual ground. Your spirit man has to be in contact with God. Your spirit man shall obey God. Your spirit man will tell us to cry out. My spirit man will pray. My spirit man, that's why he tells he says, man shall always pray and faint not. A lot of times what happens is that we pray, we pray, and we pray, and we still faint. Well, we have to learn to pray and faint not. We need to have to, to turn around and just back up. And let me tell you what, devil, look at where I'm not going nowhere. I'm not, not going nowhere unless God tell me so. Because God has said to me in this scripture, I stand on holy ground. You take off your shoes because you are standing on holy ground where? In the presence of the Almighty. God. Here Moses. Moses realized that he was standing in the presence of God. Moses understood that his feet were shodded with the preparations of the gospel of peace. Moses understood that he was walking in the greatness of Jehovah God. Moses understood that the calling on his life was to deliver his people. No, Moses knew that the greatness in it, the loins of him was called from before the foundation of the earth. For the same God of Joshua, the same God of Moses, Moses realized who he was and who his bloodline was. And that's when he told him, he said, pull off your shoes as a sign of respect. As a sign of honor, a sign of loving God more than loving himself. Amen. Moses knew, he knew that God was with him. Even though he had to go to the backside of the mountain. Like I said, I looked up the scriptures and the scriptures run reference to this particular chapter to the, to Saudi Arabia, the modern day Uh, Saudi Arabia. So here Moses had run a long way from home, running away from what he thought was um, people trying to kill him. He was running away from a place where he thought um, this is what God wanted him to do. But God never makes a mistake. Um, This is where he met his father-in-law. This is where he met his wife. This is the place where he began to know the importance of becoming a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. Shepherds supposed to tend the flock. Shepherds are supposed to make sure that when he goes to bed at night, they usually go into a cave at night, and he lays in the front of the cave so that when the sheep begin to try to get out of the cave, he can come back and protect his sheep, or sheep, or wolves. Uh, uh, this was a place where Moses knew uh, to learn to strategize with the enemy. Uh, this was a place where Moses began to understand the presence of God. He lived in the palace. He learned to do the art of a weaponry, but he did not know God. But he had to go all the way to another country to knew to find a place of God. Amen. So here was Moses. On the back side of mountain, and God's presence came down and talked to him. And this is why God wants us to have a prayer life. 
Because when I come and I pray with God, when I pray to God, and when I pray God for protection, God is always there. When I get in a praise for God, I don't, de- I don't see the enemy because I know the enemy can't touch me. When I pray, I get in a place with God that's just God in me and me in God. Um, when you get in a place with God that when you go through trials in your life or your, your body has been uh, hurt uh, by the enemy and you can't walk and you can't talk, you have to be prepared to find a place in God that you can dwell in God, live in God. And some of us, like Moses, we have to learn to live in God. We have to take up residence in God. We have to travail in God. And what do you mean by travail? Travail means to cry out to God. And uh, the Bible says to sup with God, plead with God, beg God, talk to God. And the, one of the only people in the Bible uh, that they speak of is Moses. He said that Moses was a friend of God. So there must have had a kind of relationship. Then I think if I could have a, that kind of friendship with God, you know, my best buddy would be God. Say, look at here, Lord, bless me. Lord, look at here, could you, um, like so and so and so and so? Because you have that kind of relationship that when we speak to God, God blesses us. God gives us what we need, not what we want. We might want a brand new Cadillac, but God maybe only wants you to have a Toyota. Maybe God wants you, you might want to have a big six bedroom house three bathrooms, um, then dining room, huge estate. Um, that might be what you want. But God might want you just to have a condominium. So we don't um, just only want um, what we want. Uh, we want what God wants for us. Amen. So here is, again, Moses and relationship. Um, that's one of the things I've always asked for God to, um, to teach me how um, to pray. And when I can't pray no more, um, then I'll just sit and wait for his word. And you say, preacher, how does God talk to you? He doesn't talk to you like out, so out loud and says, well, thank you, thus to the Lord. But he speaks to the inner man. He speaks to the inner countenance. He speaks to that thing that's connected to you. Because the Bible says that he knew you before you were formed. Jesus knows every word you think before you think it. Jesus prays and thinks everything before you even think about thinking it. And that's what happens when you get into the presence of God. Well, some people say, oh, well, this doesn't take... You know what? Um, I realize that I myself uh, would not be living unless God had not allowed it to happen. I realized if God had not kept me, I would not be kept. I realized if I had not stayed in a place with God and prayed and fasted and seek the face of God and began to hear God. So when um, I want to say certain things, God would tell me, so, nope, shut up, shut up, shut up. Why? Because that means you've gotten into the presence of God. It's like having a husband as opposed to having a Boyfriend. There are certain things that uh, that happens if you're a boyfriend, as if that, as compared to having a uh, being married. So we have to be learn to ourselves to marry ourselves to the spirit of God, not the outer man, but the inner man, because the inner man will say, "Don't say that." The outer man will say, yeah, go say that. The inner man say, Lord, I love you. But the outer man says, I don't feel like praying. The inner man says, well, let's go over here and spend some money. But the outer man says, no, you know you can't afford to spend money. He says, be wise. So 
there, the Bible tells us there is a warring within our members. Amen. And as men and women of God, we have to understand that the warring in our members are constant. The warring doesn't just happen when you go to sleep. That's why we end up with a lot of dreams and nightmares. Because there's a constant battle in our members. And don't think that Moses had not had a warring with his members. And I can imagine that Moses, while he was running away from Pharaoh and the Egyptian, that they knew that the warring was in saying, well, let me get away from this space. This is all I know. Well, all I was trying to do. But the warring in him says, no, you need to go back and just tell him how you really feel. Uh, so now we're constantly going in a warring in our members. And that's why we have to um, get in um, a, a spiritual place with God. The spirit man has no body. The physical man has a body. So the spirit man that attaches itself to God allows us to be in the spirit of God and to get into the presence of God. Whether you're getting into the spirit of God by the prayer, whether you're going to the presence of God by playing some um, um, music um, that are enter you into the presence of God, or worship, whether you go into the presence of God or, or praising God, you find a method that will allow you, like Moses, uh, to go into the presence of God. For in the presence of God, there's glory. For in the presence of God, there's a surety. In the presence of God, there's nothing you but God, but God in you. For in the presence of God, there is a place in God where we know that we can touch the mind and the spirit of God. Now, the spirit of God goes so that when you die, when this physical form, or I call this my outer man, when the spiritual part of me, my physical part of me, my outer man, okay, eventually will cease and desist. It will physically go into the ground. It will physically no longer move. And that's why that part of you, when you go to the funeral home, they call, go to visit the bodies of the body that they love, the cherish or new. That body, that outer man will lay there in the casket because it can no longer move. Okay. That's the outer man. Okay. Now, the, 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 the emotional man, that man that loves and hates and moves and talks and dances, that man also deceased and desist. It no longer moves or lives. It is dead. But the only thing that's left is the spirit, the moving part of God. Okay. That you still Stay attached to, if you are, have given your life to Christ, repented, and is now walking with God. So, in that, that spirit, that move, that part of you must be continually connected to God. That's the part, that was the entity that Moses could not understand why the bush was still burning. That fire burns out every infirmity. That fire destroys the enemy. That the fire consumes the things that are not of God. That fire can burn out pluck up, destroy, dismember, disregard, because it is the power unto God. For thy feet standeth on holy ground. For thy feet. For when you're standing on that holy ground, 
there is the presence of God. And God wants us to be able, especially now, in 2020, we need the presence of God. Um, uh, forest fires running today rampant in parts of California. Um, hurricanes just went through um, Louisiana, parts of Texas, tornadoes in other parts. Um, people killing each other because of the color of their skin. Um, 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 they can't get the kids back in school because of this virus. Um, if there's ever time, a time that we needed to stay and to get into the presence of God um, so that we can have a relationship with God. Before, if God comes, breaks through the sky tomorrow, are you ready? Are your children ready? Uh, is your husband ready? Is your friends ready? We have to get in the presence. Live in God. You say, how can I live in God? Stay in your word. There's a place in God that when you open your mouth, you should be able to hear the fire of God coming out of you. In the presence of God, you shall be able to feel the Holy Ghost in your loins. Uh, whether you're in a church or out of church, the Bible tells us the presence of God. For where can we go that God can't find us? The Bible tells us that uh, there's nowhere that God can't find us. If we go to the belly of Shoel, he's there. We go somewhere else up high, we're there. So we can't be hidden from the presence of God if he wants to find us. But we have to learn to stay and pray and seek the face of God and know your scriptures and have a prayer life. Years ago, when our mothers and fathers were getting up, grew up in the church, uh, there was prayer nights. There was prayer before church, prayer sometimes during church, um, um, fasting prayers, uh, noonday prayers. Um, um, uh, but this generation, we don't have that kind of prayer life, you know. And then you wonder why things are the way they are, because we cannot breathe without prayer. We cannot think without prayer. Uh, you can't accomplish anything without prayer. Well, you say, well, no, preacher, I, 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 I think I can make it without all of this prayer because uh, I, I, I'm, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I've got intelligence, I have this, I have that. No, if God speak one word to your body, you can still be cut off. So it's not by, by power, by might, but it's by Jesus Christ himself. So we have to understand that God is forever present. God is forever present from the Alpha to the Omega. From the beginning of the book to the end of the book. God will be forever present. But he wants us to know that we need to be able to go into the holy ground. Into the holies of holies into the place where God can talk and walk and minister to your needs. Again, God's desire for us is to build a closer walk with him so we can get in, not just into the presence of God, but live in the presence of God. For when the enemy comes, the enemy, you know how to make him say, back up, devil. You ain't got no power over me in the name of Jesus. When these spirits come against you, curse and scream and carry on, you say, no, 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 no. You have to say it out loud. But the bottom line is what? You got power over the enemy. You got power over the enemy. When you are filled, now put it this way, if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, okay, stomp down filled with the Holy Ghost. The enemy have no power over you. 
no money, no honey, nothing else. But when you are filled with the Holy Ghost and you spend time with the presence of God, the enemy has no power over you. Verse 5 again says this. And he said, draw now there, thither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is on holy ground. Verse 7 says this. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people which are in Egypt and have heard thy cry by reason, amen, reason of thy taskmaster, for I know thy sorrows. So now here God is saying to Moses, they're having a conversation. He's saying, Moses, I hear you. Moses, I'm going to take care of you and my children. Moses, I'm going to take make a way from you. You don't understand it right now, but Moses, I am going to protect you. Why? Because you belong to me. And because you are indirectly the seed of Abraham. You are you are indirectly of Jacob. You are indirectly connected to my seed which is Abraham. And because of that, I will come down and deliver you. I will come down and deliver you. For the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people. That's a word for me. For surely, God says, surely I have, God saying, I have seen the afflictions of my people. So that means that God sees everything that's going on with you, for you, against you, to you. He said, surely I have, I, God, have seen the afflictions of my people, which are in Egypt and have heard their cry and the reasons of that taskmaster. And God saying to you uh, tonight, he says, that I've heard your cry, and I know they've treated you wrong, okay? And I know you feel uh, feel this sorrow. He says, 18, and I have come down to deliver you out of the hands of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land in a good land and a large land flowing with milk and honey. So here Moses again. Moses is coming and he sees the burning bush. God tells him, take your shoes off. And God begins to minister to Moses. And he tells us everything's going on. And then he says, surely Moses, here you've come a long way. You've left Egypt. You're now in Saudi Arabia or I forget the name at Midian, and now um, you're there, and the backside of the mountain, no hope, tendon shape. You come from from the, from being the kingship or the prince, and now you're a pauper. You're poor. You don't have money. You got a wife, but you got children. But look at here. In the midst of all that, I have come down to let you know I am with you, and I will never forsake you. That I will take care of you. And provides for you. For surely. I will come down. And take care of you. Now therefore behold. The cry of the children of Israel. Is come unto me. And I have also seen. The oppressions. Wherewith. The Egyptians. Oppressed them. Come know therefore. And I will send thee unto Pharaoh, amen, that thou mayest bring forth my people in Israel. So that's what happens. You're coming to the presence of God. 
When we get into the presence of God, God releases things. When you get into the presence of God, move by his power. When you get into the presence of God, sometimes it feels like God's never going to answer your prayer. But like now, the Egyptian, God's back, God's saying to him, Moses, I'm going to send you back to your people. And I'm going to bring, I want to bring them out of bondage. Why? Because you've come into my presence. Now you know who I am. And because you now know who I am, and now you're ministering me, and now you're bringing me out, and now I know who I am. I know what I've called to do because now I'm called. Why? Because I've experienced getting into the presence of God. And that's what we need to do. We have to learn to get into our word, get into our scriptures, and get to know God through his word. Pray, fast, seek your faith, and build a prayer life. And God will allow you to come in to the spiritual presence of God. And when you get into the spiritual presence of God, and realize whose God you serve today in Jesus Christ. That he will equip you where you are in the place with God. Because tomorrow is not promised. Again, we are not promised tomorrow. We've got today. But when you build a relationship with God, when you pray and believe in the presence of God, when you seek God's face in the presence of God, when you live like God tells you to live, you want to go through that? Just go to Galatians 5. Go in there and it'll talk about how joy, peace, happiness, how to treat people, how to love people. In the presence of God, that you're constantly working and living and growing in the Word of God. Your word is your meat. Your word is your thought. Your word is your prayer life. Your word is all that you have. And when you do that, that's when you know you are now indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Because Moses realized that he lost everything, went up on the backside of the mountain, and then began to realize who God was. Amen. All right. We're going to close out. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you for your holy word. God, teach us how to live in your presence. God, like Moses, sometimes when we don't know what to do, where to go, and look like our feet, uh, feet against the wall and we don't know how to think or pray or know what to do but God hide us in your glory God hide us in your majesty God teach us to be in the realm of the spirit so that we can touch in and tap into the mind of God and we thank you for the Holy Ghost we thank you for the fire God we speak that every word every caller everybody on the line that hear my voice I speak a word in your spirit right now that the Holy Ghost will control you, that the Holy Ghost will get a hold to you, that the Holy Ghost will get on your dreams at night, that the Holy Ghost will check you when you're wrong and make it right, that the Holy Ghost will give us a flame of fire in a bush. God, give us that bush that Moses had. The bush that would not burn. The bush that would know God. That bush that would hold us in our midnight hours. The bush of God. The learning of God. The wisdom of God. The might of God. The prayers of God. The issues of God. The issues of life. We thank you, God, by the power and the might of the Holy Ghost. And we know now, the Bible says, and we know that all things, Work together for the good of those that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose. So we thank you for the purpose of God. We thank you for the plan of God. 
We thank you for the nature of God. We thank you now in the name of Jesus. God, make a way for everybody. Make a way out of no way, God. In the name of Jesus, you are still in the miracle working business. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. Hallelujah. God, we thank you now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for Dolores. I pray for Shirley. I pray, in the name of Jesus, that we are filled with the fire of God right now. I speak a fire and a loins, a fire in our heart, a fire in our mind, a fire in our feet, that we'll feel the fire of God. In the name of Jesus, that we would continually think and walk in the mind, in the spirit, and live in the presence of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the God more than enough. We thank you, God, right now, in Jesus' mighty, illustrious name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, well, we thank you tonight. Um, we thank you for the word. Um, and if there's anybody who needs prayer, wants prayer, you can speak now. Um, if not, that's fine, too. And we just want to know that we've done the will of the, of the Father. And we thank you for tonight. We thank you for Thursday night service. Uh, uh, hallelujah. Uh, we thank you in advance for what he's done. We thank you tomorrow. It's going to be a wonderful day. And I'm looking for my miracle. And I'm looking for a miracle tomorrow. I'm looking. I decree tomorrow a miracle in the name of Jesus. I decree a miracle in the name of Jesus. We thank you for tonight. This is Thursday night service that we usually do uh, at 9, at nine o'clock every Thursday night. Uh, we usually have Sunday night service. Um, um, Apostle Erica Austin, she usually does the service on, on um, Monday, on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Um, and we have another service around 6 o'clock in the evening on Sunday evening. And then we also have a service on Tuesday night with um, Prophet Jack Holloman. Um, um, uh, and um, again, um, so we thank you for participating. We thank you for our listeners from overseas. Uh, we speak, uh, we call forth our, our countries, um, England. We thank you for um, Ireland. We thank you for... Um, South Africa, I give you a shout out um, to countries in Africa that you um, listen to us regularly. I appreciate you very much for participating and know that um, South Africa, we are praying for you. Um, we're praying for your sons and your daughters. We're praying for your mothers and your fathers. We're praying for your aunts, your uncles. We're praying for your country. We're praying for uh, that, the vi- that the virus in your country don't Hits you so bad. I thank you, God. Um, all of you, we thank you, God, um, uh, from the Republic of Congo. Um, we thank you right now. We appreciate, we appreciate you, um, um, South uh, Africa. I appreciate you so much. Um, I hope one day I'll be able to get to um, the country of Africa, um, the Congo. Again, I thank you for Ireland also as well for you participating regularly with us. Um, I thank you for parts of Russia, um, uh, Indonesia, um, the Congo as well, um, Jamaica, um, um, Puerto Rico. Um, I thank you for, um, yeah, for Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico and Mexico. Uh, we thank you for all the foreign, the, uh, foreign countries. And we are praying for you right now uh, everywhere that you have a wonderful day tomorrow, and we thank you that you serve the same God that we serve. So you are our sisters and our love and our brothers in Christ. Uh, we thank you now, and we pray for you, and we will see you again uh, 
next Thursday night, my broadcast, but there will be others during the week as well. God bless you now. God bless you. Amen and amen.